This is Jeffrey Kerr. I'm back with another installment of the News of the Month series on the Care Reviews podcast. This is where I talk about a couple of different entertainment news stories that feel important and or interesting to me. The stories you'll be hearing me talk about from this past month are unfortunately related to the coronavirus. So let's talk about them, shall we? To start on a very somber note, I want to take this moment to acknowledge two important artists from the entertainment industry who lost their lives to the coronavirus. First, legendary playwright Terrence McNally died at the age of 81 in Sarasota, Florida on March 24th. After having made his Broadway debut in 1963 with a stage adaptation of Alexander Dumas's The Lady of the Camellas, Terence McNally would go on to make his mark on the New York stage with many plays such as The Ritz, Frankie and Johnny and the Claire de Lune, It's Only Play, and Mothers and Sons. He's also been the book writer of several musicals such as The Rink, The Full Monty, A Man of No Importance, Catch Me If You Can, The Visit, and Anastasia. McNally was someone who managed to win four competitive Tony Awards over the course of six years. His first win was for Best Book of a Musical in 1993 for Kiss of the Spider Woman. He won Best Play two years in a row, first in 1995 for Love, Valor, Compassion, then in 1996 for Masterclass. His fourth and final competitive Tony was for Best Book of a Musical in 1998 for Ragtime. Last year, he received a special Tony Award for Lifetime Achievement in the theater. As a member of the American Theater Critics Association, I got to attend a conference in New York last November. The final panel I attended happened to have been with Terrence McNally's now widow, Tony-winning producer Tom Curtehy. He had produced Broadway productions of all of his works since Deuce in 2007, which starred Angela Lansbury and Marion Seldes. My condolences are definitely with Tom. Meanwhile, singer-songwriter Adam Schlesinger died at the age of 52 in Poughkeepsie, New York on April 1st. He was a founding member of the bands Fountains of Wayne, Ivy, and Tinted Windows, and was a key songwriting contributor and producer for Brooklyn-based synth-pop duo Fever High. Another one of Adam's most famous works included writing the title song for Tom Hanks' 1996 feature directorial debut, That's Thing You Do, which earned him an Oscar nomination for Best Original Song. He also worked a lot with comedy writer David Javerbaum. Their first collaboration together was writing the score for the 2008 Broadway musical Crybaby. In what was pretty much in response to the blockbuster success of another John Waters film that received a screen-to-stage musical adaptation, Crybaby was certainly no hairspray. Despite mixed critical reviews, the Broadway production received four Tony Award nominations, including Best Musical. Unfortunately, the show closed just the week after the Tonys back in 2008. In 2015, a cast recording featuring most of the original Broadway cast was finally released, as Crybaby is now available for licensing by Music Theatre International. I actually do recommend listening to the album, as the songs are much closer to the tone of John Waters than the songs in Hairspray. 
Adams' further collaborations with David Javerbaum earned the duo a Grammy for Best Comedy Album in 2010 for A Colbert Christmas, The Greatest Gift of All, and two Emmys for writing original songs for the 2011 and 2012 Tony Awards telecasts. Last year, Adam Schlesinger won his third and final Emmy for co-writing a song with Rachel Bloom and Jack Dolgen for the final season of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. My condolences are definitely with his family. On March 12th, performances on Broadway and everywhere else in the New York Theater District got suspended due to the coronavirus. That evening was supposed to see the opening of the new musical Six and the first preview of another new musical flying over Sunset at Lincoln Center Theater. The latter has already rescheduled performances for this fall, as well as two productions from Roundabout Theater Company, a new play titled Birthday Candles starring Deborah Messing, and a revival of Janine Tesori and Tony Kushner's 2004 award-winning musical Carolina Change. Unfortunately, two productions that were in the middle of previews when the shutdown began will not reopen when performances resume. Martin McDonough's new play Hangman and a revival of Edward Albee's Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf starring Laurie Metcalf and Rupert Everett. In fact, prior to last year's Tony Award nominations, a friend of mine predicted that Laurie Metcalf would not get nominated for Best Lead Actress in a Play for her performance in Hillary and Clinton. His reason for that was because at that point, it was just announced that she'd be starring in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf the following season. So he felt voters would give her a third Tony then. My response to that was, I think that would more hurt her chances of winning than of actually getting nominated. Sure enough, I was right that Laurie did get nominated last year. As for my friend, let's just say he seems to have a bad habit of overthinking things to his detriment when it comes to making predictions for any award show, but that's a whole other conversation. In any case, now we know that Laurie Metcalf won't be winning a third Tony this year as her Virginia Woolf revival will never open. It just goes to show how careful people must be when making their award predictions a year in advance. Speaking of which, it was recently announced that the 2020 Tony Awards have been postponed until further notice. In my opinion, this might actually be for the best. With performances everywhere shut down for the time being, when Broadway eventually reopens, everyone is going to need time to retech their productions and open up. Not to mention that all of the nominators and voters will need time to catch up on the eligible productions as well. As for when this year's Tony Awards will take place, that remains to be seen. Now for the last bit of news from this past month. As you may or may not have already heard, so many movies that were supposed to be released around now or within the next couple of months had to have their release dates delayed. With a lot of people staying indoors and away from public gatherings as much as possible, studios decided that now would not be the right time to release their big tentpole films. Luckily, some of those releases have already been rescheduled, which also led the studios to move some of their previously scheduled releases back. Here are some of the following updated release dates. Black Widow, which was supposed to be released on May 1st, will now open on November 6th. The ninth Fast and Furious movie, which was supposed to be released on May 22nd, will now open on April 2nd, 2021. The French Dispatch, which was supposed to be released on July 24th, will now open on October 16th. 
Disney's live-action reboot of Mulan, which was supposed to be released on March 27th, will now open on July 24th. No Time to Die, which is Daniel Craig's final outing as James Bond, was supposed to be released on April 8th, will now be released on November 25th. A Quiet Place Part 2, which was supposed to be released on March 20th, will now open on September 4th. Top Gun Maverick, which was supposed to be released on June 26th, will now open on December 23rd. Wonder Woman 1984, which was supposed to be released on June 4th, will now open on August 14th. Here's hoping this coronavirus pandemic will end by the time all those movies are supposed to be released. So that just about does it for the news of this month. You can expect new episodes of this series on the first Monday of every month. I will be back on May 4th to discuss any bits of entertainment news that I found interesting and or important. In the meantime, as we're all stuck in this coronavirus pandemic, I hope everyone stays safe, healthy, and remembers to do one very important thing. Oh, turn the page, wash your hands. If you like what you've heard here, please subscribe to wherever you get this podcast. Feel free to rate and or review this show on iTunes. If you'd like to find more content from me, please visit my website, which is www.carereviews.com. You can also find it on Twitter at CareReviews and me at Jeffrey Care. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you all later.